We are thinking about American apocalypse. And the truth of the matter is, what a, what a week this has been for America. Tuesday night, the pundits are still trying to analyze it. Friday morning, we woke up with the news that the president and the first lady had both contracted COVID-19. Friday late afternoon, we watch live as Marine One choppers off the White House lawn a 10-minute flight to Walter Reed Hospital where the president is at this moment. What a week for America. The Apostle Paul makes a point to the fledgling Christian church in the Roman Empire that we need to know in this season of the political that would not hurt us to be reminded of. And so I'm asking you to open your Bible before we pray to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Paul's saying, hey, guys, listen up. I want to talk about, I want to talk about political leaders. Well, they are much on our minds these days as a nation and as a world. So let's go to this. What can we learn from this? 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings. Okay, now he moves into political leadership. For kings and all those in authority. Why? That we may live peaceful, quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Now keep going. This is good and pleases God our Savior when we pray. Why should we pray? Keep going. Verse 4. God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. God makes a play for every leader's heart anywhere on the planet, anytime in history. Why? He loves leaders. If he can get a leader, he can get the people. He made a play for a king named Nebuchadnezzar. Got him. He made a play for a governor named Pilate. Lost him. It's just the odds that God faces. But he still makes the play for the leader. And so it feels within my soul that it would be appropriate for us today as a university congregation to bow our heads again and to pray for the leader that is much in the news. So let's pray right now. Oh, God, our God, for the President of the United States, we lift up our prayers. Save him spiritually, for we know that is your will. Heal him physically, for we pray that is your will. For how can you save a soul spiritually if you do not prolong her life physically? So draw near to our President and his wife, And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who stood before both Nebuchadnezzar and Pilate, draw out Donald Trump's heart to you, that in you he might find his healing for body and soul. In the name of Jesus Christ, who loves him, amen. The truth of the matter is we are living in a war that is intensifying by the hour. (laughs) Just look at this week. (laughs) Open your Bible to the Apocalypse, our theme book for this season's series. Go back to the book of Revelation. Come on, let's go. Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. Drop down to verse 12. We are in a war. 
And the battle is intensifying. And I've got the proof right here for the reason, for the reason. Here it is. You're about to read it. Revelation 12, verse 12. I'm in the New International Version. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. We are in a war, and the battle is intensifying. Why is it intensifying? Because the less time the dragon has, the more rage the dragon displays. That's why he knows that his time is short. Question, do we know that our time is short? Think about that. An American writer wrote over a century ago, I'll put, put the words on the screen for you, commotions in the nation. She's talking about the United States. Commotions in the nation will bring such scenes in the world as we have heretofore been strangers. Craziness in this country means craziness in the world. And one day, <laughs> we're already in it, it feels, one day we will see such strange events that heretofore have never occurred to us. <laughs> What's ahead of us? There's not a soul that knows today. We didn't know last Tuesday. We didn't know Friday, yesterday. We don't know today, the Sabbath or Saturday. It is the life we live. The, we are in a war, and the battle is intensifying. Why is the dragon so furious? What was that line we just read? Because he knows that his time is short. So how then shall we survive in this intensifying battle that we cannot escape? What would happen if we operationalized the line just before verse 12? Okay, so we just read verse 12. Come on. What would happen if we operationalized verse 11? So your Bible's already open, so we go to verse 11. They, those are the friends and followers of Jesus, triumphed. Some of your translations read, overcame, were victorious. They triumphed over him. Who's this him? It's the dragon of Revelation 12. It's the accuser of the brothers and sisters. Pastor Jennifer just read to us a moment ago. This is the devil. And they triumphed over the dragon by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. One day your line will be on the life and you will have the choice. Shall I shrink or shall I go forward? That's what that line is all about. We'll deal with that a little later in this series. Put that line up, please. And they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb. There's something you need to know about the dragon. Number one, he is not a dragon. Come on. He's already identified in verse 9 of the same chapter, just lines above what we just read. What's he identified there as? He's, he's called that ancient serpent, called the devil or Satan. We know him well. The dragon is no dragon. Dragon is simply an apocalyptic prophetic symbol. That's all it is. It represents a fallen angel, a brilliant fallen angel. But as it turns out, our culture has gone gaga over dragons. Have you noticed? Thanks to DreamWorks and Disney, nobody has to imagine what a dragon looks like. <laughs> DreamWorks came along and put a little funny story together about uh, an animated movie, How to Train Your Dragon. It's a sweet story of a friendly dragon befriended by a boy who just didn't fit in and a girl who came to like the boy who happened to like the dragon. Figure that one out. 
And thanks to J.R.R. Tolkien, smog also brought to this big silver screen. You know what? If I weren't... <laughs> if, if I were the devil... Now, you can be thankful I'm not. <laughs> if I were the devil... Man, I'd want to have, I want to have dragons everywhere. I want the kids to bring dragons home. I'd want dragons every little square inch of American entertainment. You know why? Because enough, you, you play the dragons enough times, people will believe. It's just, this is all make-believe. Don't you understand this? These are just cartoons. This is just, this is nothing. There's no truth to this. And then I would work very hard so that they would just slip in the notion as well. They wouldn't know they were doing it. But you know what? The folklore and mythology, the, the, the devil belongs in that same category. There is no devil. There are no dragons. Forget it. Wrong. The first thing to remember about the dragon is he is no dragon. Who is he? He is the insanely brilliant but demented numero uno created being in God's wide, wide universe. He stands right beside the throne. He is the prime, he was the prime minister of the cosmos. Wherever the government of God extended, he extended. The highest created being. Perfect in beauty, Ezekiel tells us. Until he coveted the throne of the Almighty, Isaiah informs us. Deceived a third of heaven's brightest minds, the apocalypse reminds us, and was cast out of eternity to this planet where so furious he is over losing his face and his place in heaven, he is vowed to get revenge against Christ the Creator by devouring and destroying every human baby born on this planet as soon as it's born, if he could. That's who we're up against. There's something you need to know about the dragon. He is not a dragon. With a snap of, an, of his angelic finger, he is a shining being of light. You want to know what he really looks like right now? I'm going to, I'm going to put before your eyes a word picture you have never seen before, but you will never forget this word picture that you see right now. Let's put it on the screen for us, please. I was shown Satan as he once was, a happy, exalted angel. Then I was shown him as he now is. He still bears a kingly form. His features are still noble, for he is an angel, but fallen. But the expression of his countenance is full of anxiety, care, unhappiness, malice, hate, mischief, deceit, and every evil. That brow, which was once so noble, I particularly noticed it. Keep reading. His forehead commenced from his eyes to recede. Now, your forehead goes up from your eyes. Mine goes up. But his goes back from the eyes. I saw that he had so long bent himself to evil that every good quality was debased and every evil trait was developed. 
His eyes were cunningly sly and showed great penetration. His frame was large, but the flesh hung loosely about his hands and his face. As I beheld him, his chin was resting upon his left hand. He appeared to be in deep thought. A smile was upon his countenance, which made me tremble. It was so full of evil and satanic slyness. This smile is the one he wears just before he makes sure of his victim. And as he fastens the victim in his snare, this smile grows horrible. He is no dragon. Number two, learn this about the devil. He is driven to frenzy when an earth child calls upon the blood of the lamb for deliverance. Never forget that for the rest of your life. He's driven to frenzy. Why? Because the lamb. Oh, it took him a few hours to figure out this baby born beneath the star. But he figured it out quicker than most human beings have. He spent his whole life, the life of that baby grown up in eventually Nazareth, consumed. The being you just saw described, 2,000 years less deformed than he is now, consumed with a passion to destroy that child. Just kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him. This was Emmanuel. This is God with us who came down and laughed with us and wept with us, ate with us and slept with us, and eventually died for us, hoisted, hoisted by a Roman cross suspended between heaven and earth. It was all a part of the dragon's last play. But Lucifer, who has always overplayed his hand, signs his own death warrant in that play. You lose. When Jesus throws his head back, With all that pent-up breath that is for his final gasp, and he cries out, it is finished. Every bell, I promise you, every bell in the universe began to wildly peal. Do you know why the bells were wildly pealing? Watch this, the apocalyptic classic, great controversy on the screen. In the Savior's expiring cry, it is finished. The death knell of Satan was rung. The great controversy, which had been so long in progress, was then decided. Keep going. Next side, please. And the final eradication of evil. What's that? What are those next two words? Was made what? Was made certain. Do you understand, ladies and gentlemen, that when he cried out, it is finished, that war, that war was in that split second immediately won. Do you know that he won 2,000 years ago? This being that you saw in that word picture a moment ago, who's, who's watching you, his, his chin on his left hand, what's she going to do? What's that boy going to do now? He's watching you like a hawk because if he can get you to make the wrong move, gotcha. That being, do you know what? That being is a loser. He has already lost. He's dead meat and he knows it. 
That's why, because his time is short, I'm taking every boy and girl on this planet that I can. He is working around the clock. He never sleeps. While you're sleeping, he's on somebody else. And when you awaken, boom, he's right back with you. He sometimes is even in your dreams. Why? One, one wrong decision, and I have that boy forever. I have him forever. He's not only a loser, he's a liar. That's not true. That's not true at all. Jesus, the Lamb of God, can pull you out of any predicament you're in right now. Oh, I was in Sacramento, California. I went out there to preach a weekend. I was in the Carmichael Church. And my sister, Carrie, and her husband, uh, Keith, are pastors of the, that church today. This is before they were pastoring that congregation. And it was Friday night. I'm sitting right up here in the front row waiting for the meeting to start. I turn around, and I see, a young, I see a young man coming right down the center aisle, young man, and he's wearing a black T-shirt. Nothing wrong with a black T-shirt, but I can see even from where I'm sitting, he has a name on the T-shirt with big, all-cap, red letters, Satan. Satan? I'm thinking, am I the, is this the right address? Is this the right meeting? <laughs> Satan. And he's coming straight down the aisle, and he's looking at me now. And I said, man, I am in trouble. But then he's, as he gets close, he breaks into this smile, and he gets close enough to extend his hand, which we can't do anymore. He extends his hand. I reach out, and when he's that close, I see that under the giant red Satan are two little white-lettered words. Satan is defeated. <laughs> Please. Listen, guys, seriously, if you ever decide to get that T-shirt, I have a humble little bit of counsel. Listen, for what it's worth, what you do is this. The black T-shirt is fine with me. But just very tiny in red, Satan, right up here. And then under it, under it, with the largest font that that store has, Satan is defeated. That's the truth. That's the truth of this cross here. That's the truth. By the blood of the lamb, they overcame the dragon. That is the truth. He was whooped. He was shattered. He was beaten 2,000 years ago. This is all a mop-up operation for the kingdom of heaven now. I want to get that boy. I got to get that girl. I got to get that boy. I got to get that girl. So that's why heaven continues to wait. They're waiting for you. They're waiting for me. But Satan has already been defeated. Can I get an amen to that? He's already defeated. Death knell has sounded, and he knows it. Oh, man. Thanks to Calvary. Thanks to Calvary, we have the chance for life eternal. Thank you, Jesus. Which means that you can pray this prayer every single day of your life that's left until Jesus comes. Uh, go to the Gospel of Matthew. Come on, let's go to Matthew. I want you to see this in your own Bible. We, we're going to put it on the screen, but come on. If you've got your Bible, I know that it will stick in your mind longer if you just see this. Let's go to Calvary. Let's go to the story of Matthew. Matthew chapter 27. It's the story of the cross. And uh, speaking of Pilate, the governor that Jesus made a play for very clearly in John 18... It's talking about Pilate here. So this is the story of Calvary. Uh, 
Matthew 27, drop down to verse 24. And when Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. Liar, liar. It is your responsibility. And all the people answered. Now, this is the verse I want you to take home today, please. And all the people answered, verse 25, his blood beware. His blood be on us and on our children. That blood, the blood of the cross that the men were singing a moment ago, that blood, let that be on us and on our children. Oh, by the way, this is, a, this is a very short prayer. It can be this short. His blood be on me because you have nobody else you're praying for right now. His blood be on me. Pray that prayer every morning before you go out, out of that dormitory room and out into the world where the dragon is roaring and waiting. Before you go out, his blood be on me today. It'd be a beautiful prayer. You can pray it every morning. But you might, you, because there's only one of, you, one of you that you're praying for, but you could also pray it this way. His blood be on us because there are two of you in that room. There are two of you in that marriage. His blood be on us. Just the two of you? Fine. Pray that prayer every day before you go out. But there may be more. Let's put the, 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 the last line up. His blood be on us and on our children. You can say his blood be on us and on our children and our grandchildren. You can say his blood be on, his blood be on me and all my students in my classes. His blood be on me and all the employees in that office where I work. His blood be on me and all the neighbors in my neighborhood. His blood be on us today. You go out every day with that prayer. And I tell you what... What? They, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. You are on the winning side when you apply that blood to you. His blood be on me. His blood be on me. Maybe you want to know how effective, by the way, this blood is? This is going to knock your socks off. You want to know how effective this blood is? If you'd pray that prayer every morning, watch this. This is incredible. Same author back on the screen. Dear brother. Oh, I love this kind of familial moment here. Dear brother, dear sister. When Satan would fill your mind with despondency, gloom, and doubt, resist his suggestions. Tell him of the what? Tell him of the blood of Jesus that cleanses from how much? All sin. Keep reading. You cannot save yourself from the tempter's power. No, 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 no. But he trembles. And what's the next word? He does what? He flees when the merits of that precious blood are urged. Isn't that amazing? He flees. Might as well start your day with him fleeing rather than entering. Let him flee as you begin the day. Oh, God, I'm awake now. The blood of the lamb be upon me now. And for the whole day, please, be on me, be on her, be on them, be on all of us. Pray that prayer every day. That's how powerful the, the blood is. Maybe we ought to take a play out of the, uh, the Israelites. Remember the children of Israel? They're, they're, they're going to they're escape Egypt tomorrow. This is tonight. They're going to escape Egypt. The exodus will be tomorrow. Do you remember what they did? They killed a little lamb. And do you remember what they did with the lamb? Come on, help me out here. What did they do with the lamb? In a little pan. And then where did they go with it? They went to the doorpost, the lintel, the doorpost. Every house under the blood. So at midnight, when the destroying angel would pass over Egypt, the houses under the blood, the families under the blood, the marriages under the blood, the roommates under the blood, under the blood meant salvation. My. Maybe that's what we ought to do. 
What if we go to our laptops and our, our smartphones? Come on, let's go to our laptops and smartphones. And with that screen right in front of you, you and your mind, come on, paint the blood of the lamb all over that screen. That means, Jesus, I am dedicating this screen to you. Anything that comes up on the screen that is not in harmony with your will for my life, turn me away. I'm dedicating this laptop to you. Any pornography that appears on this screen, I, I, re, I reject, I rebuke the enemy who slipped that in. Put it on, our, on, on the doorposts of our laptops and our, our smartphones. How about the doorposts of our, our refrigerators? Up one side, top, across the top of the refrigerator, down again. Why? So that everything that is on that shelf, on those shelves, will bring glory and honor in my body to God. There'll be nothing there through which I might dishonor God. Everything. Hey, how about painting our social media uh, entrees? Right as you enter into the social media, you just paint it up right there. Jesus, anything I write right now, may it be, may it, please, Jesus, may keep it under the blood. Don't let me, don't let me participate in that which is destroying somebody else. Please, Jesus, keep me under the blood. Come on, what if we did that? What would be wrong with that? My, my playlist. How about my playlist? Jesus, you know what? Everything in this playlist needs to honor you. You say, oh, Dwight, you're, 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 you're just ruining my life. That's exactly what you're doing. This is awful. <laughs> hey, listen, my friend. I hope this does not come as an unwelcome shock to you, but listen up. The party is over. The party is over for America. The party is over for you and me. Party on. No, 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 no. Look, I'm not saying that we can't, we can't be filled with joy. I'm not saying that we can't be filled with the zest and, and the flourishing of our Lord Jesus every time I walk out of that room and I step back into life. I'm not saying that that isn't a moment just to be, to, to be cherished, to look forward to. There's nothing wrong with living life to the max. But there is an enemy who does not want you to realize that we're running out of time. There is an enemy who works by distraction. Don't worry about it. I got you. Hey, look, 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 look. Look at me now. There is an enemy That's all Nobody's trying to be a killjoy I mean, come on He doesn't want me to get ready I get that part He doesn't want me to notice I'm running out of time I get that part the apocalyptic classic, great controversy on the screen here, please We are living in the most solemn period of this world's history the destiny of Earth's teeming millions. Let's just read this this way. The destiny of you and me is about to be decided. Is that okay to read, read it like that? Okay, keep reading. We need to humble ourselves before the Lord with fasting and prayer and to meditate much upon His Word. <laughs> Man, Dwight, you are really getting boring as this sermon nears an end. I mean, what? Hey, listen, guys, what did you want me to say? Hmm? What am I supposed to say? This planet is about to be obliterated. Have a good time. Ignore what is happening all around you. Be unattached to life as, as it's being lived beyond this campus. I went out running one Sunday morning and I, I, I ran by a church here in town. I ran by a church that had this sign in front of the church. The party in hell has been canceled due to the fire. 
This nation and this planet is about to go up in smoke, and you'd rather party? Give God a break. Let me read that line one more time from Great Controversy. We are living in the most solemn period of this world's history. The destiny of Earth's teeming millions, read you and me, is about to be decided. Listen, guys, you're living at a time nobody. Four years ago, the students here were not living what you're living in now. Four years ago, the people in your office were not living in what we're living in now. There's never been a time like this. Do you understand that? Just this week has shown us We need to humble ourselves before the Lord with fasting and prayer and to meditate much upon His Word. Okay. That's it. So every morning, you pray it, His blood be upon me, or His blood be upon us, or His blood be upon us and our children. Just pray it every day. Every day, live with the promise, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Be of good courage. Father, we're here. We got it. That cross is the symbol of our eternal victory. The dragon has been whooped, but he keeps lying to us that he's the prince of this world, and if we'd just yield to him, we'd have everything our hearts desire. Liar. We hear the Lamb instead. Do this in remembrance of me so that you may overcome that dragon by my blood, my sacrifice, right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.